You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Hey, thanks, Bob. You always get it right, man. No, he doesn't, because it's winter time right now, Dave, and you're white as hell. Excuse me, I gotta talk over you. Welcome to uh, the Felony Inc. podcast, coming to you live from Portland, Oregon. We share stories that show, again and again, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. That happiness and success are a state of mind, not the result of material gain or fame. Don't get me wrong, I like making money, but it's really learning to rock the journey with all of its ups and downs that I call success. Owning up for my past mistakes and being willing to work harder than anyone else have been essential to my own triumphs, haven't they, lad? Yes, if, ma'am. If you're not... If you're not passionate and willing to work hard, you might as well have willing, winning the lottery as your life plan. That's how good your odds are. Our best guests on Felony Inc. have discovered the amazing power of accountability and have converted adversity to wisdom and a success mindset. Most of our guests have been convicted of felonies and are now honest, hardworking entrepreneurs. Positive change isn't easy. Transformation is a motherfucker. I'm Dave Dahl, and I co-founded Dave's Killer Bread after a total of 15 years in the joint. As usual, my co-host is none other than Northwest number one knucklehead, Lad Justison. Hey, buddy. At least I'm number one somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If it's so knucklehead or butthead or noodle butt, whatever. You got a lot I'm of issues. One. I do. You're really it's always head, though. Yeah. It's head. something that what? There's always something going on with Lad. That's all on. And it's always embarrassing. Hmm. So, what? The, some of the stories that we've heard about you around town aren't even true. Some of them. No, but it's good to have them. And, and the stories that I've heard actually, they're much worse. They are, yeah. and the reality is even much worse than that. That's what I mean. That's right. God damn, dude. What is your reality? <laughs> I have several realities that I choose from. Wow. On a okay, basis. well, you know what? Let me just promote our band a little bit. Mar- <sighs> March 17th, the Killer Granddaddies, along with our favorite Portland blues player, Curtis Delgado. Oh, he's an amazing guy. Oh, yeah. That, amazing. Dude, that dude is an amazing talent. Yes. Yeah. He takes our band to a whole nubba leba. Right, but he'll yeah. be he'll be playing by himself with his other his uh, his regular partner too. That's weird because you play by yourself a lot too. I do. Anyway, uh, somebody needs to practice. That's right. If you if you practice, we'd be a lot better band. No, I'm saying you play. With I, yourself, I don't care what you're saying. Yourself, I don't care with what yourself. you're saying. Nobody knows what you're talking about. So everybody knows. What, everybody knows. Let's move on. But anyway, that's March 17th. Do you have anything else? Do you have anything else? Can you keep it short? Because really, you're really fucking things up today. No <laughs> well, That's my. Isn't that my job? <laughs> Pretty much. It's what you do every time. So. Well, um, there it is. Let's get on with it. All right. Well, hey. 
we're excited to say that today's guest, and it's been a long time coming, I, I know that we talked, we've been talking for a long time about this in a way, um, our guest is Shannon G. G. Shannon G. A G to me is always G. That's my problem. Except Giant and a few other ones, right? Um, of Ecdesias Studio. One of the most difficult names to pronounce <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> The Ecdesiast opened in 2008, specializing in pole, a performing aerial art using techniques of dance and gymnastics that demands flexibility, muscular endurance, and grace. Count lad out. Mm. Well, you know, whatever. You do probably have some flexibility and muscular endurance, but you have no grace. I think we should take a, you know, have a little test here and see who would be the most flexible. Okay, that's and enough. the most yeah. Let's do it. Shannon? Yeah, I'm down. No, we gotta we what are we doing? We gotta get the Shannon here. We're not talking about you. Okay. Let's try it. All right. So anyway, man, we're having issues this morning. Yes. Anyway, I don't know a whole lot about any of this. So we're gonna have a lot to talk about. I can't wait to uh, introduce my guest. Shannon G. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. So Great. excited. Fantastic. Um, and we're excited to have you. This is uh, definitely different. It's, it's, it's special because, I mean, it just kind of tickles the, uh, the mind to think about how this came about and, you know, what your past might be if you want to uh, give us the highlights or tell us your story. I would love to hear it. Um, and then we can go from there. Is that, is that doable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started um, in around 2001 as a stripper. Um, I was really young. Um, I, I danced here in Portland. I danced in Miami. I danced in Las Vegas. Were you underage? Uh, no, I started at 18. Oh, okay. um, so I guess that's not... No, technically that's okay. As an adult, right? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I remember looking in the phone book for strip clubs. That's how that's how long ago it fell, right? Wow. Um, so I danced for quite a while, and I started to realize, you know, some of the the male clientele would notice the kind of pole acrobatics side of this stage presence, right? The right. stage set. But what I started to notice, especially here in Portland, with the female clients, was this extreme draw to pull. Um, like, extreme, in many different ways, for many different reasons, right? And I think that's super marketable. And you um, found it to be true. I did, yeah. Okay. And so I had the idea around, I don't know, I was just a baby, like 20. I was like, oh, we should just market pole to the general public because it's it's marketable here. And if we take kind of the sexualization out of it, mm -hmm. it can be really marketable, right? And even though it's even though you take the sexualization out of it, which is which is I respect, there's still just I mean, it probably enhances a lot of things. It enhances sex. I mean, the sexual thing. I mean, someone's sexuality, someone's sexual proud. Um, the way they feel about themselves. Sure, I do think there's. Well, what I love about the apparatus pole, it's just it's just a vertical, really skinny little apparatus, right? Mm -hmm. And and the movement around it can be completely diverse. So you're right, it can pull directly from stripper culture movement and be extremely erotic and sensual and do things for all kinds of folks for many mm -hmm. different reasons, different folks, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think there's this completely other component of it. You can take that and be really contemporary in the movement. Um, the Cirque world, the Cirque arts world has Chinese pole, which is the same apparatus. It just has a different coating around it with different movements that pulls less from the dance world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started to really notice this draw in the strip club to the actual movement itself. And, and maybe the sensual part of it, too. Like, all of it, I think, is is magnetic for folks, mm. right? Which, again, is extremely marketable, right? Yeah, well, so I had the... They I, visual, envision themselves, uh, uh, you know, improving their lives with this, right? But right, right. I, I, think I don't the, want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think the vehicles pull, but I think really what is happening is is confidence and empowerment for different reasons for different people. That's a beautiful right? thing. Um, so I had the idea, and then, ironically, I, I saw it on Oprah. Mm-hmm. And then that was just a light bulb. I thought, oh my God, you know, if Oprah is marketing this to Middle America, mm. which is her market. That's a big market. A huge market. <laughs> yeah. Props to Oprah. Yeah. Um, this this needs to be done, and it's going to be done, and I need to get on it now before everybody else starts getting on it. Mm. And this um, was approximately what do you think? What year? Two thousand and four. Okay. And then I went to prison. Okay. So that kind of got put on hold. Let's hear about now, that. Were you, uh, well, uh, when you're ready to talk about prison, uh, are you ready to that? So what led to that? Um, I, I was kind you of... You were doing drugs, right? I was doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a single mom. I had a really young daughter. She just recently turned 18. Like, we made it. Mm-hmm. It feels very full circle at this moment in my oh, life. Yeah, that's great. Um, but back then, you know, she was really young. I was really young. I, I was working nights, um, you know, making a lot of bad choices. And I think just my history, like violence has always been there. And I don't know if that's relatable, but I think, no. you know, I, was just, hear, I yeah. was just a spitfire. I was a hot mess. I was a yeah. scrapper. I lived on the streets for a little bit, you know, at 15 and 16 years so old. So unusual to see um, an Asian someone with an Asian heritage uh, in this situation, to me. Yeah, we could really deconstruct that. I would love, that's a whole different show. We can talk about that Asian model minority. We can talk about systemically why that is. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I would love, have me back, Dave. Yeah, I I would love to. (laughs) And I'm sure we will, because there there seems to be, we're not even, we haven't even got started yet. Um, so, what kind of drugs were you doing? What, what was your drugs of choice? Or did you do everything, or did you uh, like meth because it kept you up and did all that? Um, I actually did meth when I was really young. I, I was doing meth when I was living on the streets um, when I was 15, and then when I got pregnant at 16, I actually stopped. Um, but then when I got into the sex industry and in the strip club world, I mean, you name it, cocaine, Xanax, um, Mainly pills and, and cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Do you like that, the oxys and stuff like that? Yeah, and I think that environment, it's just so, as you know, it's so plentiful. Yeah, well, it's very, it's a very difficult world to get out of without dying. It is. And I, and I literally saw, you know, folks, you know, needles in their arms and, and people in really bad, bad situations. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, you know, I know all about that. Um, the thing was with me, I, I loved that stuff, and the only the only thing that ever made me stop was prison. So, 
Is that what happened with you? I think that I, I was just really going down a bad path real fast mm-hmm. um, and kind of just continuing behaviors and actions that I hadn't done, you know, growing up in my whole life and what has helped me kind of survive. But but ultimately, it's not sustainable, right? No, no, no. It's not sustainable. Well, you're going to kill yourself if nothing else. I mean, you know, the drugs... Over time, we're going to do a toll on your body. Yeah. And you're fortunate, probably, that that yeah. didn't happen so much because you were saved by going to, you know, going to prison, right? Absolutely. I'm trying to keep this body. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm, um, st- I'm still fighting to keep my... my uh, you know, I am 56 now, but I, I was talking to somebody who just had a birthday, and I said, you're 54, right? And he said, no, I'm 53, motherfucker. And I go, yeah, well, I look like I'm 54, and I'm 56. So what do you think of that? Well, I think you look a little younger than that, actually, not to toot your horn. But, oh, get out of here. But you're in pretty good shape, you know, I mean, for a 56-year-old well, guy. Well, thank you, baby. I don't, I don't know how to accept that from you. <laughs> a 56, it's, you know, he's a 50, 56-year-old guy in a woman's body. Oh, so, not much, any woman that had a body like mine would be ashamed. No, we'll be ashamed. So, so you um, have my dream arms, Dave. You really do. I'm working. Well, I'm working. If I had arms, if you I'm had, working to get those arms. Yeah, I'm working had, there. If you had 18-inch arms on that body, you would be like, <laughs> you would look weird. <laughs> All right, so. keep Portland weird. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Isn't that so what they we say? were at. Uh, you were. You ended up in prison. How in the hell did that happen? Um, I I got in a really serious fight. I really seriously hurt somebody just with my own hands. There was there wasn't any weapons or anything. Um, wow. It's taken a long time to really process through that. Um, you know, and I I do feel really grateful that that person is okay. You know, and and they're alive and they're they're living their life and right. Um, and was, I think was it a guy or a girl? It was a woman, and I think to have that. You know, to to hurt somebody at such a personal level, an mm-hmm. intimate level, is is a, is different than I think going away for like a drug crime or something that's nonviolent, right? Did you get Measure Eleven time? I they did try to charge me with Measure Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really lucky. I took all that stripper cash I had. You know, we paid, got a good attorney. We paid for a lawyer. Um, and I, you know, I was panicked, you know, I took full accountability. I took a plea. Um, I knew what I did was, was wrong. And were we, you angry when you did it? Is that what? Extremely. What, yeah. Just rageful. Um, and so you, you kind of, you could look back at it and go, oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And remorse and go, I can't do that again. I mean, if I, whatever happens, that's the last time I'm doing that. And like you said, like if I didn't. Going to prison is what really rehabilitated me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really, was the beginning for you. Right? It, it was the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it was for me uh, the last time. You know, I went four times, and the first three, um, I came out, and I wasn't any smarter than Lad. But but at the fourth time, <laughs> he was smarter than me. Oh, well, that doesn't really say a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I got so anyway, yeah. And I had an epiphany, a great epiphany in prison, and um, I learned to be happy, and it has nothing to do with money or days go to bread and all that crap. That's fantastic. But you learned something really special. What did you learn? I learned a lot. I think it's hard to just pin down, Mm -hmm. right, in a couple words or a couple answers. Um, 
I, th I think the biggest thing, especially now in my mid-30s, you know, when I look at the snowball effect of, like you said, the beginning was being incarcerated. Mm -hmm. But but taking all those years and kind of the snowball effect of all the, basically the, the self-work, right? The introspective self-work. And it's hard work to change that behavior. It is. Right? Very. Right? And all those things that you hear in rehab, like don't believe everything you think, mm. stinking thinking. No, it's all real. It is so real, right? It's Cognitive restructuring. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. and I and I think it takes humans so long to change that behavior, and um, that's the biggest thing I learned is that to to really really be empowered and to like tap into the full power of myself. Yeah. That that one I need to love myself. That has to start there. That's important, right? Because otherwise Crucial. we're just not confident. We're doing yeah. stupid things because we feel like shit. And love is uh, loving yourself. That's something. And it's each one of these things that you're going to talk about and are talking about has a book behind it. You know what I mean? So, oh, but when you talk about loving yourself, that's a complex complex thing. But it's in a way, it's simple. Um, but you have to you have to discover it, right? So you mm -hmm. learn to just you love yourself, and then what? Well, well, first I think I had to be like really just humbled, like torn the fuck down and go to prison. You know, I had to get beat up. I had to, I had to really politically strategize. There was literally one other Asian person in Coffee Creek, in, I, in minimum with me. And as you know, I mean, it's it's very racially divided. Yeah. And so it's difficult. So did you feel pressure to like uh, gang up with people? I felt lots of pressure to do lots of things, mm -hmm. but. You know, I used my uh, my self-deprecating humor mm -hmm. and my wits. Um, People liked you. I think I did okay. Yeah, that's that's. I a did lot the best I could, I guess. Is you the go right in there with a, a great political mindset, in a sense. Like, I'm I'm going to be me. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm going to do. I'm going to be. You know, and. People are just going to have to accept me. You know that that's that's great. Sometimes for me though, that ended up at first because I was a dumbass. I used to get in fights, um, and uh, but that was really early on. And later on, I I just became someone who people didn't fuck with, and but it took me a long time. Uh, so anyway, for you, <laughs> I'm talking about me again. Here I go. Uh, Quit talking about you. <laughs> So uh, so let me ask you her a question. Do you know that? So, you know, was it was it like a, a time period where you slowly changed or was was there a, a moment where you just said, you know what, uh, I got to do something different? I think when I when I got sentenced, so I, I only got sentenced for 36 months. And, you know, I, I, I'm extremely grateful because I know that there's a lot of folks doing more time for less serious crimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is the paid attorney, right? Yeah. We have a justice system that is not um, equitable well, but the thing at is, all. But, but another way to look at that is it is what it is, and you have to do what you can within that system, and you had you were able to get an attorney. So This is true. Now, yeah. maybe the next person has another advantage that you don't have. It's just the way it is, right? That's how I look at it. Look. I forgot your question. <laughs> well, you know, I, well, how, how sudden was your epiphany in life? Um, I think it was the moment that I got sentenced. Mm. You know, I knew it was coming, and you wait around, you wait around, you know, and I voluntarily went to court knowing that I'm going to get sentenced, knowing that I'm probably going to be incarcerated right after that court session, right? Right. 
And uh, that's a shock to to you when you're first when you haven't really done time. It would be a shock to me right now. I, w- I don't want that mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah, I don't want that. It to is happen. a shock. Yeah, it is. It, it's no good. So hey, uh, Alan is over there. You know, throwing gang signs down. You know what time it is. <laughs> Let's do it. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Yeah, right, whatever, Lad. Uh, hey, by the way, somebody sent you a surprise in the mail today, so you got some mail when we get done here. Don't forget so to let everybody know. Let yes. everybody know. You got mail. Okay. He's got mail. That's really <laughs> Welcome unpo- to the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Don't very, forget. When you actually get mail, good mail, that's pretty rare. It's a box. Okay. Okay. I'll box, I'll box them later is what it is. He's All waiting right. for it. He wants it. So we, the next thing that happened, you're in there, you're in prison, you get this sort of like uh, moment where it's the bottom, I think. You say, oh, I'm at, I'm at the bottom now. Mm. And this is the last, this is the beginning of something. Yeah. I said, uh, so I don't know if you know, I don't know if they have this in the men's prison, but over at, there's only one women's prison here in Oregon. It's Coffee Creek. Used to be OWCC. This is true. Used Mm. to be co-ed. That's crazy. That's way back in the day. Columbia River was co-ed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that. There used to be Oregon Women's Correctional, um, too. Yeah. And that was a different, but go ahead. Um, so they have these opportunities. They have these two rehabilita- re- rehabilitation programs. And basically the deal is with the state, if you make it through these really intense rehab programs, um, then you can shave off all this time on your sentence mm-hmm. and get out in six months. It's a six-month program. Um, I got really lucky, and I, I only spent three months in minimum, and then I immediately got shipped off to um, exactly yeah. the Oregon Summit, Oregon Summit mm-hmm. Boot Camp Program. Good for you. That and, was intense. And you got through it. Yeah, I think 80 of us went in and only, I don't know, 20-something of us graduated. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember the numbers. I don't, don't quote me, but. So you're, you're somebody that doesn't need, you didn't need to hit a, a, the low, lowest bottom in the world. Your bottom was high enough that you didn't suffer on that level as much as, you, could, you made choices that were good. You made choices to to move out of this lifestyle. I didn't want prison to be a revolving door for me, mm-hmm. you know. And I think having a kid helped me. I don't know if I would have done the same, made the same choices without having mm-hmm. somebody on the outside, this little person that's waiting for you. Which to get certainly out. made a difference, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, so you now you're you made it through this program. Your your whole mindset has changed now at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened next? So I, I get out, and part of the deal with that rehab program is that you you have to get UAs every day. It's extremely strict. It's not like you're hanky panky checking with your PO once a month. Right. It is like Pretty get hard a to job. Be yeah. So 
I was on this extreme three months probation out on the outside, um, and thank God I made it through that. Um, and so I immediately thought, you know, I got to open this business and I got to do it now, and I, I need all this money. So what do I do? Do some. Uh, I do some what stripping. I know. Yeah. Yes, um, but I went around it much differently, right? Mm-hmm. I saved my money. I started to talk to everybody that I knew. I started to network. I kind of did what I did, like how I got on the show. Like I asked, like I messaged you on Facebook, which I don't even know how to use Facebook. Did you see the first message I fucked up? I was uh, like, "Hi, I, Dave." Yeah, I. But I just started. mean a messenger? Yeah. Yeah, I just started reaching out to mm-hmm. folks. Um, and ironically, I. Now, how long ago was? No. That was in 2005 okay. when I got out. Um, and then in 2006, I met um, the other co-founder of the business, Martina Thornhill, okay. um, who's actually really a successful ceramicist now. Um, but she's also a, a she pole was, dance. She was a stripper that yeah. I worked with, yeah. yeah. And so we, you know, I said to her, hey, you know, this is crazy, but I want to start this business, and I have this much money, and I, I need this much money more. Do you want to partner up? and? Mm. So she said she was the one that came in with some cash. Yeah, we both equally went into it okay, at the so time in 2007, and then we opened up in 2008. I think that's that's really cool. I mean, it's rare to hear about that kind of story where you go, you, you strip, and you do the stripping thing, you save the money, and then you make something happen. I like that. So, um, and you did it. You know, stripping's uh, it's honorable possession. Um, it's honorable, right? You just do it's a legal thing and you know, guys uh um you know, they support it. So it's a fair business. It's and, an old trade. Yeah, and so there's very old. There's your money and you turned it into something more sustainable. We did and we, we and I think what we we did too is we made something really accessible to everyone to, and we created a community. We actually merged a lot of markets without even realizing it. So when I look back at being at this 24-year-old that opened a business and now having all the business sense that I have now, which is barely any, um, I can't believe what we did. You know, we took we took the Cirque market, we took the fitness market, we took the stripper culture market, we took the average urban professional that just wants a new workout, we took the dabbler, we took the, you know, the bodybuilding guys that just want to flip and flip and flip and do yeah. these crazy things on the pole, and women too, mm-hmm. and we merged them all together in this school, um, and it's great. We have a lot of support now. How many people, uh, how many customers do you have, clients? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, it throughout, changes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m.-ish every day of the week, mm-hmm. um, and there's classes almost um, almost back-to-back, you know, throughout the day, and we have three studios in one. We're just finishing up the third studio currently. Before you did this, did you, uh, and you were planning this, how far did you get in planning? Did you plan it down to the detail, the hour, the location, cost, you know, where where it's located, because location, 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 right? And all that kind of stuff. Um, what? How far did you go with a plan for this? None. None. I think it was, we faked it till we made it. It was fake it till you make it. Um, we were like, okay, we need money, we need a space. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, we need to, there's no certifications, there's no standardization at the time for pole. It was a very, it's no. still a very new industry in the no. movement world. It's not, it's not like ballet that's very old and traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we learned a lot just by trial and error, by experience. And, you know, we had a lot of discrimination 
Honestly, Based and I'll just say it like you talk what, about what kind of discrimination. Oh, I mean, we live in a patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. And don't forget, that works for me. It does. I bet it does. Uh, <laughs> Watch what you say. I get screwed so <laughs> I, I get screwed so much being a patriarch. Are you talking about anyway? So, so I think I think it's great to be underestimated. Honestly, yeah. I'd rather be it's underestimated nice than overestimated. I know. And so when you pull out the QuickBooks numbers to all the men sitting at the table, and you're like, look at our baby stripper school. Look how successful it's been. Yeah. I well, know you thought this wasn't going to be successful. You know, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of those. I suppose there's a lot of those kind of people. I don't have that in me one little bit. I'm like, I'm, I'm all about, hey, success, success, success. <laughs> Female, male, black, white, everything in between. It's, mm-hmm. I just love it. I love to see the world become a better place. And uh, I don't understand people who, who think that way. Yeah. But you had to deal with that. I did. And, and not only myself, I think my, my business partner as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the world's changed. Kind of. <laughs> so so anyway, you the bottom line is though you made it. You went. You got through this. Now you're able to. Have you got other investment investors in this? We we do we did. So we just actually recently moved into a huge space. We pretty much quadrupled what we were in. We're right up the street here on Eleventh and Burnside, right across the street from Powell's. Okay. Wow. And um, I so we did get some there. investors, and we actually got a partnership we got into the portland state university uh business outreach program which mm-hmm. has been extremely helpful and supportive and giving us a lot of resources that we really didn't have access to or, or capital for to be honest yeah well you know dave uh, this is kind of cool because you know we've talked about this before about starting a business that really doesn't take a lot like you know like a landscape business or something right. whatever you can get your hands on think about her business all you know she needed a building and some poles that pretty simple structure, wasn't it, at first? Well, actually, but you have to think about so many factors, you know. We um, had to train. We had to build a curriculum. We had mm-hmm. to make sure. Now, that is what I planned down to the detail because that is the product, is the, the service, the yeah. quality of service okay. that you're giving. And I didn't want to run some shit show of a school where people were hurting themselves. Wow, you were thinking about all that stuff. Right, and where people weren't having fun. So it was like number one priority safety, number two insurance. fun. Insurance. <laughs> yes, we were very, yes, very well insured for yeah. sure. Interesting. So yeah, there. I can see that. No matter. I mean, if you whatever you didn't plan, you eventually had to deal with. Well, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, we all do. You know, we've made a lot of heartbreaking mistakes. Some of them, you know, just like Almost oh, painful. Down, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we were closed for three months prior to this new space opening. Just just because of budget, just Ouch. because of getting outbidded by bigger developers and corporate companies wanting the spaces and so cash flow was you got really it. Killing I you. mean we're just a small business. Right. And so hopefully you had a little bit a little bit of cushion. Well our broker did a great job. I mean, I was calling him every day, like, did you find a space? Did you f- I'm panicking. Did you f- I'm not working. Did you find a space? I got my market. My loyal market is slowly losing their page. Did you find a space? You know, it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. But um, good thing, you know. And how long have you been in the new location? Since uh, December 1st. Okay, so December 1st. Um, before I forget, um, 
let's talk just a little bit. Let's promote your business a little bit. Yeah. Tell me everything that people should know about you, like where it is, uh, how to get a hold of you, that kind of thing. Um, so it's Ekdesiest. <laughs> I know it's hard to pronounce. Ekdesiest. We are a pole school. We so teach. We teach all things pole, and that's all genres. It's a fusion of Chinese pole, erotic pole, contemporary pole, um, flexibility and contortion training, hand balancing. Everything that's in relation to pole is also taught at that school. Um, our new space is located on Southwest 11th at Burnside, right across the street from Pals. Um, we currently have three studios. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and, oh, wait a minute. You got three in that space? You got it. Okay. It is a huge space. Yeah. It is so a you huge have different, space. You, okay, what kind of things do you offer? Like, obviously, there's different levels of people. Yeah, so we offer all all pole classes and everything related to pole. So, like, some of that's really specific, whether that's, you know, a specific genre of pole or just the levels, like a beginner pole course. Mm -hmm. um, we also teach, again, like I was saying, hand balancing classes, contortion, flexibility at all levels, um, private training. We do performance training when people compete. Um, yeah. Wow. And, and everything from like fun things like twerk shops and, and just fun little things twerk that, shops that people can dabble in. That's a little bit less serious in the training, yeah. but it's still lots of fun and still a good workout and just super aerobic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I'll We're, see you in a twerk shop, Dave. Yeah, I'd be good at that. Were some of your first... Um, customers, uh, the ladies that you danced with before? Um, actually, no. We we knew that the stripper market wasn't going to be our number one market because we are strippers and we mm. knew strippers and they already work four to five nights a week. And they don't want to go study. All, yeah, they're just exhausted physically, mm. mentally, emotionally. Um, we, we knew that the main market was going to be your average woman. Mm. Your average urban professional woman who is too afraid, unfortunately, at the time in society to really internally develop their own sensuality and how they want to express that in the world. I think women are always being told how to feel sexy, how to be sexy, how to do sexy, how to have sex. Mm. And I think now in 2019, it's so great to see the baby girl generation to grow up and be like, no, don't slut shame me, blah, 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 right. girl power. But I think in our generation, I didn't have that. And especially women, and I think still my age, still that fucks with you. I get it. Yeah. It fucks with you. And you just want to be a grown-ass woman. That's bullshit. Yeah. And enjoy yourself mm. and, and those intimate moments with yourself or other people. Yeah. Don't exactly. get me started. I got a whole other show. <laughs> Have me back twice. I got I to gotta start a new <laughs> podcast. You know, with more. Uh, yeah. So that's really marketable, too. This own The actual just human sexual draw of pole is mm. super marketable. And it's super human and natural and organic yeah and it that's is. the thing it's you know sex is such a uh i mean we we we're so uptight here that we're constantly making jokes about it but uh you know <laughs> neither one of us are neither one of us are enlightened sexually are we i know i know uh alan is he is yeah everybody knows <laughs> yeah so I have a question. Uh, so, how satisfied is it to see you know some woman come in there and uh, start out kind of basically, and, and and the confidence that she gains from what you guys teach her? It's ex that that is really what I do. I mean, I think I was saying earlier the vehicles pull, but I think what's most gratifying for me personally is to, and it's not just women. It's great now that we have a student body that's. 
um, you know, women, trans, queer, gender nonconforming, men, cis men, you know, mm. all kinds of folks with different identities. So I think in the beginning it was. Cis men. No, I just want to, okay, I'm not going to ask what that is. Google it. I will. Google it. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that. I think, anyway. I think you're I one, but, you know, I never like to assume. Uh, yeah. I know I no, I'm that. being very, very serious. And it's not always a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Like wow. I'm a cis woman. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Comfortable I mean, in skin. Is what yeah, and it's oh, like the well, sex that you're born with is still the sex that you identify is the gender oh, that you identify with. Well, so, so if you're born with male parts yeah. and you still identify as a man, then you're a then cis. You're a cis man. But it sounds doesn't mean like it sounds more like you're a sissy. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I'm glad. So that's why I thought <laughs> it's appropriate because I always call him sister, you know. <laughs> And it's weird that he would call me sister. It, it, it makes no sense at all. But uh, makes oh, I'm loving the sisterhood. I'm <laughs> yeah. loving. It. I'm feeling it. Can I join? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're honorary. Yes, honorary sis. Honorary sister. Okay. So, um, wow. So it is really gratifying to see to see somebody who thought that they couldn't, and you knew the whole time they could, and then now you're just both on the same page. Right. Pretty well, I'm glad you clarified that so because, you know, I was thinking that the majority of the people who came in there were women, but now I understand that there's... A yeah. Well, they are. The majority are, right? The majority, I would say, identify as, as a being woman. a woman. Okay. And, um, but our team, for example, uh, you know, our team, you know, has, you know, gender nonconforming folks that, that work for us. We have half our team is queer, um, POC owned. So there's a lot of different types of folks, I think, mm -hmm. in the studio. Cool. Which makes so, it a cool place, I think. Yeah, it, that's diversity is always. It brings experiences yeah. and, and humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Lots of fun humor. Yeah, and you know, Lad, <laughs> Lad and I constantly clown each other about our about how freaky we are because with all that other stuff that's going on, Lad's way freakier than <laughs> any of those people. It's true. So, um, so anyway, wow, the epitome of Portland. Weirdness. So it finally came out. Huh? So um, don't be offended. So, okay, what I think is just amazing, this is just really life-changing stuff. This is, that's what it's all about. In my life, I have had amazing, profound change. I have um, experienced just the most incredible epiphany in life, more than once, actually. Had to rediscover it um, a while back. And the principles are, there's, there's very common principles to these, to these uh, opportunities, to these uh, transformations. Um, to me, physical, you know, working out and such was, um, was a, it has always been a crucial part of my well-being. When I, when I'm not doing that, it's just, I'm feeling just a little bit less, you know, less than I, than I would if I was working out. And it just kind of inspires and inspires my day. But the more, the most important stuff is in your mind. And... Um, you discover. Okay, I'd like to know your philosophy on on transformation, because you deal with a lot of transformations. You see people, not just transformation from male to female, like Lad, right? But just I'm talking about just a spiritual, personal, profound transformation. Oh yeah, and it comes back in physical form. It'll come back sometimes in Christmas cards, letters, mm. Facebook messages. People saying, you know what, 
I divorced that guy who really was abusive and I'm living in Europe now and I'm living my best life and I'm still pulling and you know what I really started this when I took your class mm -hmm. uh, that is really personal yes. I recently had a young person who said that they had a really violent rape experience and they said to me that when I asked them in class for consent to touch their leg to see if I could grip their leg up for the poles to put some grip aid on it that it really helped them feel safe in that space and they were able to really process through that kind of damage. Um, so the transformation is extreme and, and I think, and not for everyone, right, and on different levels, oh, yeah. but I think when it comes back in that physical form and you can see and hear people, it's amazing what it does for folks. The, you know, for me, the transformation was from drug addict, depressed, you know, mentally ill, basically. That's what caused all my stuff was mental illness in a sense. I just seemed to be born to that. Uh, so the transformation for me was uh, getting into school and learning that I wasn't stupid. And I was able to study and become uh, a better person. And so I see that being the same, the same kind of thing. Now, um, the, the women that get into this, is it, are they often like, is it, are they in relationships that, um, I mean, a lot of times they're struggling in relationships and you help them work through that or? I would say maybe that's like a quarter of the market's reason to pull. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's a really personal thing and maybe a quarter of our students are trying to work through poll for personal intimate reasons but I say this, the rest of the folks like just exercise not not necessarily just exercise but feeling good in your body mm -hmm. feeling empowered in your body feeling strong like you were saying um, just having a good workout but then there's this artistic component where I think people can then tap into not just the physical aspect of working out but this artistic expression that is cathartic psychologically and emotionally mm -hmm. which is extremely therapeutic exactly yeah and it's not just women. I mean, to watch folks, men, women, everyone yeah. express themselves with this just single apparatus is pretty yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, there's no, it's, that thing has no, um, it doesn't like differentiate whether it's a man or a woman or a trans or whatever. Right, or if you're dancing sexy or if you're doing a crazy flip yeah. or whatever, or just holding yourself out and just doing these athletic and just extreme athletic endeavors, you know? Yeah, that's, that would be, that in itself just scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I've seen uh, <laughs> on America's Got Talent this one gal who was obviously overweight and she came out and she had a pole there to do her thing, you know? And it was amazing what she did on it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the routine, the crowd went wild because here's this obviously overweight person getting up there and just, you know, really doing some, some really cool stuff on that pole. Yes. And it was impressive that, you know, even though she was that way, she was still able to do that. I yeah. love the school, Ecdesiast, because we really believe that all bodies are good bodies. And, and the school has such a equitable view on everything supporting all folks fat bodies right we even have some folks you know with different abilities i mean we have folks with wheelchair and they know they're obviously not going to get up and walk around the pole i can't imagine what they but would but do. they're doing amazing upper body things oh, just yeah. just by building that strength in the upper body mm -hmm. so i mean i think do they get out of the chair and do it 
No, I think most folks stay. I'm not sure. But um, all I know is that we really support that, right? Mm. We really support, I think because the movement's so diverse with poll, people can get, there's so much to get out of it. So even just a little bit is a lot. So the only person who might not get out of anything out of it would be quadriplegic or something. I don't know. It's hard to say. I like to be an idealist. It, be so, it would be cool if they could, but it's kind of hard to imagine. Well, you know, you know, you go to some place and there's, uh, you know, somebody in a wheelchair. And you see somebody dancing with them. Mm. There's no reason why they, somebody couldn't help them with that. I think the that floor, humans you know? are really powerful, right? Yeah. And I think when you put your, like you were just talking about the cognitive approach, when you put your brain to something, I think you can really go beyond what your body can or can't do. I love it. So never say never. And. With that, we should go to a break. Um, That's right. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get $150 credit. All right, we're back with our guest, Shannon G. Shannon G. She's the G G woman. <laughs> yeah. Shannon G. OG. OG. Mm-hmm. No, no, YG. YG. You're young, young gangster. Young. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. We got to do a rap song for her. No, we're not gonna do that. We, have, we don't have time for that. We have, we have. To, uh, you know, Alan did uh, make a suggestion, and. The spelling of Ecdesiast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find us at ecdesiaststudio.com. That's E-C-D-Y-S-I-A-S-T studio.com. Where the heck did a name like that come from? Um, it was actually coined by the American writer H.L. Mencken. The story mm-hmm. goes, him and Gypsy Lee were friends. She wanted a word coined for what she did. <laughs> there was no, they didn't call it stripping I don't know what they call it, peep shows. So it was all, it was kind of a euphemism, probably. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because so, it, it's so, it's so <laughs> obscure that nobody well, would a, ever associate word. it with anything. It's a Greek word. So he coined ecdesias from the Greek word ectesis, which means the shedding of the outer layer, which the Greeks kind of refer to, um, like in crustacean form, like as a, a shell. Mm-hmm. So he took this word Literally. Me- metaphorically mm-hmm. and coined ecdesiast. Cool. All right. Well, that's um, that is so obscure and interesting. It, and it really means erotic strippers. So I think oh. that's the school. That's us paying homage to strippers and supporting yeah. them, because I think that's what has really brought pole to the mainstream. When you exactly sure. when you think of pole, you don't think like oh Chinese pole acrobats. Most folks think ooh like a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's great. It's great marketing. You don't have to do hardly anything, right? It's, and I love the world we live in because there's a lot of pride. It's like what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there, there's a great hashtag. Yes, a stripper. And, yeah. it's, and it's kind of, it's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. That, yeah. yeah. So you guys I, have, I'm sorry, ahead. Dave. So you guys have the pole, but obviously you guys have other things like, you know, stretching or yoga or something. You have Absolutely. Other things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have all level stretching classes. We have pre-contortion. We have contortion. So you have, ze- you have very serious movement people in the studio training. Mm. 
and and very non-serious people in the studio training and yeah. everything in be- everyone in between that's that's great so you, so. so how how many people i mean um, what if a hundred thousand people showed up at, at, at once? Uh, I think we would have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we would definitely be sharing some apparatuses. If somebody just like, oh, I want to do that right now, what would they do? Would they be uh, able to just go right down and get into it? They could if they if they could access a drop-in class today. Mm-hmm. Um, if they looked on our ca- our class calendar, um, they can also register for a course or a series. But the, mm-hmm. that drop-in option is always open, and they can oh. also give us a call at 503-231-2542 and just get a lot of info just person to person 503-231-2542 can you get many people from out of town because i know it's it's gotten pretty popular in the last we do, couple years yeah i mean there's definitely an international community we do have folks we've had folks over the years come from all over to train with us just like we heard you're a great school especially in the beginning because there wasn't a lot of big, great studios that trained seriously. Hmm. So who's the most famous person that you've trained? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's hard to say. We have a lot of guest instructors and teaching res- resident artists come in through our residency program. So we have folks, you know, like some of the big names in the industry. Um, we've, you know, I haven't trained them, but they've trained us, um, mm. you know, come in and teach our student base as well, which is great. And also oh, they just come in and teach the students. Yeah. Or, or our team. Right. And that helps our team and our coaches mm. get better. I think it's hard as a coach to excel yourself. So if Dave went in there, then you could say, well, my most famous student. I would have to say that. I would say my most famous famous student now is Dave Dahl. <laughs> if only you could just get me through the first uh, six months of it without actually me having to show up. I think, Dave, you would actually like it. I think yeah. you would. I think a lot of folks, especially from my first impression of you mm-hmm. I think you would be really attracted to like the just the brute strength of it mm-hmm. and then doing these amazing things with your body that you thought you couldn't do yeah and well, then I'm like I told you Dave see well let me spot you I'll be honest <laughs> I'll be honest the uh, I, because of lads injuries that he inflicted upon me oh I'm never gonna live that I'll down. probably <laughs> never do any pole dancing <laughs> Uh, I work out. I do, and I have to work around everything that's wrong with me. Oh, so I've, I feel hard. like I feel like doing a poll is just kind of not going to happen. Too right intense. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I just try to keep it. I just do the best I can with what I got. You yeah. Know, at this point, I think there is a big myth in the general public that you have to be super strong or super flexible to start pole, but but you don't because yeah. I didn't. That's for you sure. You got to start somewhere, right? And True. So some folks coming in, they're probably in terrible shape, right? Not necessarily terrible, but maybe they just haven't worked those muscles for a long time or ever. And that's okay. I mean, like you said, you have to start somewhere. So complete beginners, um, someone who's like, and someone who hasn't even exercised for a year or two or whatever. That, do you get those kind of people once in a while, or those people start somewhere I think those are all our beginners. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't make assumptions. That's a lot of the beginner market, though. It really is. Is folks that really. I think that's the draw to pull. I think the dance world has their own. People have their own hesitations. And, you know, maybe they tried dance, maybe they tried sports, but then they're like, I'm going to try a pole, mm-hmm. and it works. So how, how often does uh, a lady come in there and say, hey, like, I, I'd like to learn this because um, my boyfriend or husband 
you know, thought it might be erotic for us to experience that. I would say never. <laughs> I think most of the time the women do what they want to do. And they wouldn't tell you. Yeah. They wouldn't tell you that anyway. They'd be like, I'm just here. And so, well, and well, and I think that I think the intention is not they're doing something that somebody told them to do. We don't the want The intention that. is they're, they're doing it because they fucking want to do it. Yeah, that's a bad reason to do it because somebody else wants you to. Right. Well, I mean, you know. They also, have, that's just weird. But I they, have a, they have, you creepy. know. They have an, you know. A relationship with each other, and one night the guy says, "Hey, you know that's kind of cool stuff." Because I, I would stop that, that person in their tracks, whether they're a woman or a man or whoever, and I would say, "Hey, well, what do you want to do? Do you mm-hmm. want to be in this space right now?" Yeah, I would love I would to say, have you in this class. I would say, but only lads, if you want, I think what lads kind of, uh, th- I'm going to take lads a little bit further and say what he's saying is like that there's there's a couple out there that's me listening and thinking about this. I could see how the guy would go, "Hey." Why don't you do that? And and she'd be like, either, well, I would love to do that, or fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'll do what I want to do, bitch. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I like this domestic partnership that's uh, that's happening. Hey, maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the ladies like get up on that pole, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. we do. We do have a lot of men cl- clients that are men, and we actually do have some like real domestic partnerships, like in classes. And I think that's great. Oh, cool. You know, and it seems really there's equitable. Just, there's probably just any possibility. Anything's possible. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing, dude? I'm just. I'm, I know what you're trying to say. You you passed some gas and I was blowing it back down. <laughs> I <time>. did not. <laughs> I'll let you know when I do. Okay. All right. Well, hey, guess what? It's time for me to look at my my end game here. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for joining us this week on Felony Inc. podcast. Join us every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time at StartupRadioNetwork.com and catch catch previous episodes on any podcast app. If you know what's good for you, you'll shut up and listen. If you don't, I can't promise that we won't show up late at your house late at night and make you listen. Breaking and entering lad's ass again, this will be full-on breaking and listening. Ouch. And a big thank you to this week's guest, Shannon G. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. She's She's been great. Uh, I've been very nervous the whole time. I don't know what oh, it is. Am I making you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Just one of those days where I was like, ah, how do I ever... Of Ecdesias Studio. Ecdesiast. Perfect. Studio. Next week's guest is another Shannon. Shannon Olive of Rebuild Women First. That's right. And coming up after the That's break is cool Latino one. Founder Hour with your host Edgar Navis and Claudia Cardenas. Their podcast is usually in Spanish. So, esta escherendando la de radio de encio. Yeah, whatever. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.